Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Evening, Ash. How are you doing? Good evening, Greg. Looking forward to our second feature of our UFO month for December. Yes. Yeah, part of absolutely. our second birthday celebrations as well. Yeah, so we, yeah, we're fortunate again to speak to somebody about UFOs and the UFO topic. Uh, and this time we're going to be talking about an aspect um, that we haven't spoken about before on the podcast. Yeah. And considering we've, we've spoken to hundreds of people now, hundreds of hours worth of content and we haven't really got into this side of ufology for for some reason i don't know why but we're fortunate enough tonight that we are so yeah so we are welcoming king shum from originally from hong kong now living in the uk who's been doing quite a bit of research into sort of ufos and the chinese side of it sort of looking at what's been going on over there some of the sightings that's been taking place over that part of the world obviously some of we get some of his thoughts about what's happening as well so thank you king sean thank you for chatting to us no thank you for this opportunity i really appreciate this no problem so just want to give us a bit of background on yourself how did you sort of get into the whole interest in ufos so at first there was like i listened to some hong kong podcasts about occult studies ufology and you know spirituality and i really got into it when i was studying at uh in secondary school and then i was it was something that triggered me when there was like it's the it says something about the roswell and the um area 51 and the s4 area that was like a dose dosey base and there was aliens like shooting i was shocked i was young i didn't have like critical thinking but afterwards after i would study in the uk i got i had i equipped with the academical skills and i can um write various research papers and doing lots of other research as well so i've been uh, reading kind of reading books about exopolitics uh, one of the books is written by dr michael seller and he is a specialist in exopolitics and he had written various book about um, the america's secret space program and the extraterrestrial alliance and I have an other book about the alien abduction by um, David Jacobs. Uh, he's a professor in America, and he wrote about the um, the abduction and how it's, they they are affecting uh, our societies. And it's very interesting. Cool. So, when you were at uni, what did you study at uni? Um, I studied music at uh, Royal Holloway University of London. So it's kind of like a bit irrelevant, but it's kind of, this is my hobby. So I really dig into it, you know, like music's my hobby, but the UFOlogy is is the same, like equivalent hobby, you know. Yeah. Cool. So what made you want to start writing about, I mean, writing your own work about UFOs? Um, at the beginning, I start a blog and I have, um, I listen to various podcasts, as I mentioned, and I will do a, and do a research on the net 
and um, drop it down and post on my blog. And later, I, uh, later on, I want to like publish my work on the net. So uh, uh, it's it's kind of like I, I'm I'm kind of I think this is because my father is, is an English teacher, and it's kind of like help me to write various of essays. Like he cultivates my interest in English writing and reading books. And this is something I wanted to get into it, like became like a, be, become an author. So before before we, we talk more about your papers, because we've been having a look at them and there's some in, music features in one of the papers, which oh, yeah. we'll come on to. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a UFO or paranormal experience um unfortunately no because as um, in hong kong there was uh, light pollution there are lots of uh, tall buildings and it's very difficult to sight seeing and ufo it's very difficult fair enough does you mentioned your, your dad does he sort of support your ufo side oh of yes he did yeah. he did that's good because sometimes it can be a bit difficult. Sometimes if we support if that, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Especially being a teacher as well. That's a, a yeah. Thing. I guess I'm really fanciful because I have very different kind of Chinese parents. You know, they let me st- to pursue my interests rather than heading to and like somewhere like finance or like law becoming a lawyer or something. That it's crazy. You know? Kill, kill. So I'll just. Looking at your paper, so Greg mentioned then you've got a one of your papers is called a classification music beyond Earth. I'll just read a little bit of this. So this is a article that provides a classification of the potential X musicology that humans might not have found yet. This includes music, exomusicology, astrobiological music, and ontological studies. So. Okay, so that's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's some, it's it something is. I never even sort of considered before. I just want to sort of explain what what that means. Um, so it, it's a bit complicated, um, but I, I would like to give you some summarize what what it says. Basically, what it says is we uh, we are learning animals' music and transfer transform the animals' music to help us understand what what, what they. Um, the their like behavior. So if we want to understand one of the alien species, one thing you can do is by um, adopting the the way that you learn from the animal music to understand their cultures and their language. And, and this is one thing that is very pioneer in the um, in the music acad acad um, in the academic fields, sorry, we were there was different kind of music, and we we were trying to understand like from animals from plants. They can detach one of the equipment, um, and then understand their their feelings, uh, understand their behavior, um, and and this is some kind of thing we have never gotten into. Like we we, we haven't really thought about it and this is something really new you know right so i guess you're sort of applying that theory to extraterrestrial exactly how do you think that that might help us sort of communicate how, how would we sort of get it out there what, what what i was thinking is that um we can convert the electromagnetic signal 
of the living beings of non-earthly habitants and translate their signal into an audible sound for humans to to understand that's one way to think uh, but um because there was some scientists they find there's some planets is that is so similar to this planet earth and what we can do is to take maybe some days that we can like travel to another planet take some sample and 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 transform their um signal and understand their um and and translate the signal into an audible sound for human to understand their behavior so i was I, i wasn't talking about like a very intelligent being but but rather it was something like a plant or something like a a, a, a an animal being that in in another planet you know that's it because music is quite a powerful thing anyway um, and there's un- universal harmonics where there, there are universal sounds across in space that that we're aware of sounds that space makes even though it's a vacuum and it's an interesting take because you do see there's the film arrival for example i don't know if you've seen that and there so i I found that fascinating because they spend for those who haven't seen the film this species come down from wherever and they start they have their own language and the 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 earth the humans that have gone to meet these these craft and these entities are trying to communicate through their the language and that's like anything where it's like a universal thing like maths is universal um like you you see maths can be like einstein they use maths to describe a thing music as well there's certain um you've got the different octaves and different the musical notes and they're the same they're like whichever instrument you play they're all the same notes but just played in different variations to make a song so i do like that theory that you could use music that other beings species make to to interact with each other as a way of universally communicating so would you do you think with your theory that you would be talking about you would understand sort of how the human could hear the notes or the sounds or the music whatever form that takes and do you think it's possible that we would be able to then send back a signal or communicate with whatever once we've got an understanding of what their signals mean if that makes sense like we can translate back yeah of course i I, they you know the chinese they they have like a fast project and what the chinese was doing is to send a signal and uh, replies to some of their um, message and and this is we we have been doing that and the chinese government has been doing that as well so it's no surprise to me that um human is already had contact with the extraterrestrial beings um so you were saying we reply some of the signals there was uh it, they they were they i don't know if you know there was like a c5 or something that they they contact us because they they have received the signal they want to send us back the message by 
talking to some specific people, and and let those people to deliver them their message to us by whatever means, like a writing a novel or something with a hidden message. You know, yeah. Is there any examples of that, like th- these chosen people, for example? Do is there an idea of who these people are currently, or? Well, there was, um, I think, um, Jim Spot was one of the example, and well, he he was kind of being abducted, um, and then there was some people in there was in Hong Kong. She, her name is Miss Ma. Her name is Ma. Um, this this is her surname, and she was told that she had contact with the aliens being and. She was like one of the whistleblowers. She had to deliver those message on the, like a TV, like a radio station, like like yours radio station, and say that there is maybe some to elevate our hum- humanity, our spirituality, something like that. So they had already contact with us. The thing is, are we ready? Are we ready to to uh, receive the message and? ready for the appearance on this earth like you know for the and, and the American government they're doing the disclosure as well the UFO disclosure yeah what do you think would happen if like they present themselves they said this is us we're here we're real what what do you think would happen like, in in general how do you think the public would receive that I think the public are not ready to receive this kind of information. They will be extremely shocked. They will be terrified. They're not ready for this. Um, human, uh, the civilization is not as advanced as we thought it was. It's still it's like a baby, like humans, uh, like a ex- experiment by like some of the alien beings you know so we will we have been constantly being watched by the aliens beings to monitor our development in every aspect that involved in any government um, from the senior level and to to um, kind of the policies were like kind of um, manipulated so in, in, in your paper where you're talking about the mood, the mood side of it you talk about you mentioned CE five and sort of consciousness. Do you want to sort of talk, talk about that a little bit more? Where the sort of the relationship between music and spirituality and how we can we can use that to to contact? Because obviously CE five is sure. sort of the conscious projection of sure. like through whatever way. So just want to explain how that could be used. Sure. So music is always linked with our consciousness. Like what I say is that the consciousness is related to our mind, our bodies, our cultures, and the history as well. So, for example, there was like a spiritual rituals that explore spiritualities. For example, some of the uh, Bible hymn songs and the yogas, they have the syllables of whom, that this kind of sound. That bring he- people to communicate with a higher state of consciousness, and the same plants concept, for example, is uh, I I think you can uh, go 
search on YouTube and type singing plants concert, and you can hear kind of like spiritual and it reflects itself in the like high dimensions. So, so the plants are actually making a similar sort of um sound, are they? They not um sound, but very highly uh, the frequency okay. and the you can hear the the spirituality like meditation is kind of that kind of sound. Yeah. Wow. So I know, like, just on that note, <clears throat> Chinese history goes back a long way. Um, so, and spirituality plays a large part, certainly in the like Oriental countries, also like India, um, and all the like nations where there's a, a long history. So, with the like the Chinese history. Is there a link in the past between sort of like spirituality and trying to sort of understand how we resonate with plants, with animals? Because it's not really a subject I know a lot about. So I just wondered if even going back far in history, that that's something that's always been. And it's only now that people are trying to understand it a bit more. Yeah, so... When you mentioned about like kind of like the Chinese history, how it's linked to, uh, seeing the UFO things, um, I think religiously, um, they're talking about a balance, like between positive and negative, and and it's kind of like, but when you say about whether does this link to like the UFO or the aliens beings, it's um. It didn't really mention much how to contact it, but there is, uh, like a book that's like like a historic book, historical book that says about that there's like C five, C four, C um two and mm-hmm. one, uh, and 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 I'm sure like the ch- any Chinese people had already had contact with the aliens beings, rather, um in any forms. So, sort of talking on that subject, sort of the historic side side of it, it's like say China's and that whole area's got massive, massive history. Yeah. Uh, so, one of your other papers entitled "Oriental Ufology: Analysis of the Unidentified Flying Objects and the Encounters with Aliens in Ancient China." Some of these reports are going back thousands of years. Oh yes. Uh, so, so how? Well, I suppose my first question is sort of how did you find about these sightings? I think it was job done by some people that is intellectual people, some of uh government official, some of uh, by scientists. Um, but these reports uh can be taken account of because um those people who who write who wrote this kind of thing uh, are not um. Are not a fiction. This is real things that that has yeah. been, the date, the time, uh, what, which, how many people have uh, saw it, and for example, there was called a, a like a um, fairy globes that is in the Qin Dynasty in China, and there was the people who says that um, in the southern part of the Sichuan province. Not far away from the east coast area, and an unexplained aerial object flew from east to west, following some unusual humming sound. 
The objects appeared in red point at the top of the graph, and the bottom was smooth and rounded. And when you see that, that is like a description, like the the shape of it, the sun, when does it happen, the date. Um, so everything was in details. So, so how long ago was this site? When was the date of this one? Um, so this one was written in the 1x51 um, BC, like 1851 BC, like quite a long time ago. So that's what, about 4,000? Yeah. Wow. It's crazy, right? <laughs> I think that's the oldest one I've heard. Oh. And are these are like on scriptures and transcripts, or how is this? Is it like written on parchments, or is it? I, I can't even get my. I don't even know what. There obviously was no computers back then, or was there? There might have been, but uh, how is this information sort of handed down? Because that's a long time. So I'm sure this is called the historical record of unexplained phenomenon of. Huli problems. So there was a book that is specifically writes the unexplained phenomenon. By who and who who wrote it is kind of, is kind of I don't know who wrote it, but definitely by some historian and, and intellectual people or in academia that that wrote these kind of things that these people must know about the, the how to write, um, how to drop down things and, and academically, yeah. So do you want to talk us through a couple more sightings um, from, because I noticed there's a few from that similar time. Do you want to talk us through a couple of them because they're fascinating? Yeah. Let's talk about the CE4. This is something I find really fascinating. So it says that in the beginning of the 16th century, there was a, a nearly 80 years old woman. She, she disappeared. And eventually she was discovered at the top of the mountain. Obviously, she did not travel by her own. During the process, she lost her consciousness and memory. Her son picked her up. And it was surprisingly that this woman got no memories of his sons. And after a few months later, she became normal again. So it sounds really similar to one of the abductions that we hear nowadays in, in, in America that they, the people were being abducted and doing kind of experiment by the grace aliens. And they sort of wipe people's memories, the people don't remember, yeah. that, that kind of thing. Did she, did, do we know whether or not she got any memory back of the event of what happened or, or no? No, no, she had uh, lost uh, her total conscious consciousness and memory, and the aliens still like nowadays in the nineties, eighties, or seventies in America, those abduction cases. This is exactly what it says: the aliens wipe up the abductees' memories and con and their consciousness, and it's very difficult for them to remember what had happened. I mean, to get to the top of a mountain. I mean, even for anyone, let alone an 80-year-old woman, like, how do you explain that? You, you, you can't. That's just crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Is there any other uh, fourth kind? Yeah, so um, basically, um, 
in the 19th century, on the 15th of June, 1880, um, Mr. Tin went hiking in the forest and witnessed a strange, gorgeous object in the sky one morning. And out of curiosity, he touched it. And all of a sudden, he felt that he rose and, and, and flew in the sky. He heard the wind whistling and his body couldn't, could not move freely and he became confused about the directions. And he flew a thousand miles and dropped down to a mountain. Wow. So another mountain. And then mountains is, it's interesting. Like what, what kind of aliens was, uh, was there to abduct him, you know? So do you think that the mountains play a part in in this? Could they? That's where they're coming from. Are they sort of staying around there because they could be they, hidden? They up always there maybe? hidden, like uh, like the Randleson Forest, the UFO case. Like it was on the is in the forest, not in the middle of London or, or in Hong Kong, like big city. They do not want yeah. to show themselves. They always want to be hidden from from us. You know. Hmm. Um, so that's close counts of the fourth kind, which is the high nick sort of classification of ab abduction, basically. Exactly. Um, so you got close counts of the third kind as well, uh, who sort of bring it back a little bit, coming down the, I suppose, coming down down the grades. Um, so close counts of the third kind is where there's some sort of humanoid or creature or something that's seen, as well as. A UFO. So you found examples of of this type in China. Yeah, exactly. I I find the close encounter of the third kind, and it says in the Xu Dynasty, it stated that on the February five five hundred fifty nine BC, there was like a seven feet tall celestial beings appeared in the Lao Fu Mountains Temple, and he was glowing in crystal white with his clothes. Wow, it mountain. could be very <clears throat> mountain, very specific as well. Mountain, yeah. like Ash just said, and February. That's quite specific to go that far back in time. So what we're looking two and a half thousand years ago yeah. to get like that, a calendar month. That's incredible, exactly. um, and that's quite a good description as well. Uh, like the glowing clothes and white. So that, ma that matches quite a few descriptions of like in the US in more recent times, it's similar descriptions of what people see. Mm. Yeah, this could be Palladian or um, tall, tall white beings. They, they could be from the Galactic Federation or somewhere, but they, they could be, I think they're good aliens beings, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they're not the you... aliens, just abduct you and just go by. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, so do you think there's different species of, of aliens that are coming? Yeah, that, that's definitely like what, what I heard from uh, Linda Moden Howe, one of the investigative journalists. She said there's like insect, that they look like an insect and they come kind of the, the one of the bad ones. And those, some of the reptilians, they have good and bad. The grace is kind of like the extraterrestrial biological entities. They were being created. They 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 were like a, a a robot that helped the aliens to do things that they couldn't do. That cool. there's, there's a report here, another one on your paper, which is from 
Jiangxi in 1751. Uh, Close encounter. Yes. Third can. This sounds pretty, pretty scary. Actually, you want to talk us through this one? Oh yeah, sure, sure. So there was a, a drought was occurred in Jiangxi in 1751, and some farmers was irrigating during the evening while two other farmers were preparing the tools. They saw a fairy globes appear appearing in the forest far away. The globes flew straight ahead to the river with a width of two to three meters. Two farmers were shocked. Out of curiosity, they squat down and watch. Afterwards, the globe approached. They saw a giant with red hair with blue skins. The giant raised its head and looked around. The giant was as bright as drinking um, stars. While he was about to shut his mouth, some sound of bamboo's flute was heard. He was grabbing a jar glowing in light green on the giant face. Wow. And it mentions fiery globes, which the other story you're telling from, I probably think the similar time period as well, where the fiery globes were seen um, in the Qing dynasty. Um, it's, it's the um, Again, obviously quite a few years before, but similar things being seen. Which is really interesting, even like thousands of years apart. Yeah. It's like sometimes fiery globes, people might like, obviously, Chinese lanterns and stuff, sometimes they're misidentified uh, as UFOs. But you're going back two and a half thousand years. Exactly. Like, are they still seeing the same thing? It's it's really interesting. Exactly. And also, like a fiery globe, you could also, it's almost like a description of an orb as well. Exactly. Which looks- is something that's seen over years and it's quite a popular thing now with ufos you got the orbs which is also a paranormal sort of thing as well so but yeah fascinating that it's being recorded that far back and i think on our podcast these are the oldest cases we've ever discussed Definitely. which is fascinating to get the the amount of detail considering the records are that old to get that much description as well as you can almost picture these things in your head as to what it was looking like. So yeah, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Have you got like a favorite story that you found that like, during your research you found? I like someone said to you, "What's the one sort of story that you'd share?" Is the if you got a particular one? Um, not not one particular one, but um, but this, but I I I I would like to move on like. To talk about the the China Space Force for perhaps would yeah. you guys yeah. be interested? Like, so hundred um, percent. I would like to talk about something maybe really shocking, but uh, I would like okay. to start with talking about the the aliens encounter in in China. Um, yeah, bring it because, on. Because what? Yeah. So what what it says is that I was reading a book, and I I read a book by a Chinese journalist by. Her name is Sang Yi. Um, so it says that the Chinese government has come to a first contact with extraterrestrial beings. And uh, although the interferer, his name remains anonymous, um, Sheng Yi refused that the interferer was born in Shanghai. The interferer is an active member of the Chinese Communist Party. He's a, a dip- diplomat. 
interpreter, research scholar, and government uh, bureaucrat. So based on the interview testimony, he was told by the president of the Chinese UFO research organization um, that many Chinese politicians and social leaders were aliens. And one of the highly wow. intelligent beings were active in Northeast China, China and have later moved to Beijing. So if this testimony is true, um, I think the Chinese government has secretly had uh, aliens counters for years. And perhaps um, the China has established kind of like the diplomat relationship with the aliens. Uh, but however, I'm skeptical about his, his report because later, and Shen Yi also says that the China has discovered not only the secret proportion of the UFO, but also alien source that can cure for deadly disease such as the cancer. And this kind of like discoveries facilitates the development of energy resource transportation and, and medicines. But um, this, uh, Perhaps like these whistleblowers should uh, unfair the conspiracy, but uh, based on this inadequate information, I think it's unable for me to examine examine further about this case. Yeah. Wow. It's quite That's a lot. quite some claim. Yeah. Mm. And I guess with China, I mean, in the USA, we got this disclosure thing: the U.S. government saying, "Yeah, UFOs are real." We're investigating it. We've got these files. China, obviously, a very, very secretive state anyway. Yeah. I mean, even if they were sort of more open than sort of America is getting, I don't think we would ever know. Nothing they would ever, ever tell us how secretive they are anyway. Yeah. That we would ever find out the truth. That's a bit annoying, but the claims, like you say, wow, that's so It's something, right? Like, I know. I know. I, I think I've spoke to some um, uh, someone, a source, I, I wouldn't want to say her name, but um, she actually told me that um, she she's one of the very famous in UFOlogy in Hong Kong, but I, I don't want to say who she is. But what she said is that some Chinese official had had contact with the alien beings without being having a physical body in the conference room. So it's like taking your your mind to one of the space and, and, and there was other like extraterrestrial beings that you, you're having a conference collectively. This is something I heard, but, but this is some kind of rumor. I don't, I don't think this is, is the, there's no solid evidence to prove it. So it's kind of like, I would, I would hear this one as like bear in my mind, but I wouldn't like to fully embrace this because this may be, may not be the truth. Yeah. So we we've that sounds like a galactic federation. So we we've spoken to people that claim to have been in the galactic federation, and that sounds similar to the setup that he explained to us. Should be remote so, viewing. Yeah, like a remote view and astral project to to it. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, do. Do you believe that she's legitimate in what she's saying? Is she a legitimate person or is she someone who is likely to give misinformation or disinformation to, I, to sort of swerve you off course? Speaking frankly, um, 
there's not a lot of like um, whistleblower in China. It's very hard to verify. Once we have various of whistleblower, we can comparison what they are saying, and and then we have a, a think critically who is speaking the truth, who is not, you know. But now we have inadequate of information, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, remote viewing itself, like we know the US government did its own studies, probably still are doing their own studies, which is documentary, which is fact. Now they've done experiments, they've basically been able to prove remote viewing is possible. Yes. So obviously, so obviously the claims are very, <laughs> for lack of a better word, out there. Yeah. Um, used upon. Um, but like I say, it could be possible. It's not beyond the realms of, I, don't, I think it'd be wrong to just dismiss um, these claims as hard it is to maybe understand that there's these government officials and alien species just sitting in, well, remote viewing into a room and having communications. It's, it's mad. So if this is happening, what do you think they talk about? What is sort of the goals around it? The goals that they communicate to our government? Yeah, what are they talking about? What, what, why are they talking? What, why do you think they might be talking? They, to... they, the aliens want to prevent one of the, um, like a nuke, a nuke, some kind of like a radio, radioactive, like a bomb, so something that mm. will um, be, that would be damage to our environment. I think they, they have been in the Eisenhower, the president, they made a deal with the aliens. They, they want to make sure that the real humanity, we are not going to make the same mistake again. Yeah. So they're looking out, looking out for us. To yeah. Preserve, preserve the planet, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. But, but to be honest, like whether the aliens had contact the, the Chinese official, I, I have a serious doubt about it. If they have had the contact, why don't they elevate the Chinese people that this, this spirituality and kind of getting away, uh, convince them to get away from the material, materialistic life? And, and why, why Chinese, um, like, why, why don't they help China to become a better um better society like i've i've seriously stopped by this still yeah do you think um that because obviously china is quite a leading um force in technology anyway it uh it t- tends to be the leader of um world technology anyway pioneers <clears throat> do you or have you come across any kind of evidence when you've been researching that would suggest that this technology advancement compared to other countries is anything to do with information that the Chinese government are being given by whoever, these entities or or aliens? These te- technologies, um, there's none of that I can, I can find. Okay, it's, fair enough. It's doing secretly, but I, I've, I don't know. But if they have, why don't they do something by themselves rather than they they've been copying copying the American technologies? Why why they've been doing that? You know, and I'm sure that uh, the America have an advanced technology than China right now. 
um, although you know, um, Ash, you know, Ash, you, you told me that you, you want to find the Chinese, the China Space Force, right? Mm. So you, you were telling me like, how, how are they going to um, shape our future in, in, in the future military um, aspect? Uh, I, I'm going to say that it was established in 2015. And it says that by the 2035, the Space Force, they aim to establish an anti-satellite kinetic vehicles and a space electronic countermeasure. So these establishments are aimed to facilitate the communication between the PLA military personnel, search and rescue missions, and missile early warnings. But what I was thinking is that they, the China is weaponizing the space military um, to um, that they're preparing for future war, that the future war is in space, not in the air, in the sea, or on the land, but in the space. Yeah. And they preparing for the space mining and um, in the moon, they, they want they might want to build a, a, a moon base, you know, to have to, to mine the resources. Um, this is what I think China would do in 2070 or 80. But it will be a bit far away from, from, from now. Yeah. It definitely seems to be where it's going. So obviously you've got the US Space Force now. Uh, they've always had sort of the Russians have always sort of been in competition with the US to see who can get to the moon first and everything else. Now you're throwing China into the mix. I mean, it's messy on Earth. I mean, I, can't, I can imagine it getting very messy in space when it's like, well, we got to the moon first, so it's ours. And like Chinese are like, no, we want to mine the moon. I can imagine it getting quite um, even more messy when they start sort of getting space politics into it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and you mentioned about getting these um, sort of uh, defense, space defense weapons, and, uh, and the, the, with the space force, and you said about preparing for war in space. Do you think they're preparing for war in space against foreign adversaries like the U.S. and Russians, although China and the Rus- and Russia are quite closely linked, or is this? as a common threat from off-world. So ETs coming down. So is it us preparing for global war against whoever out there, non-human? I think what we say is we are not preparing war for non-humans, but we are having a war within ourselves. You know, okay. we, we as a humanity, like we all together, we are fighting ourselves. But that's the artificial uh, the AI. These are the real enemy. It's, it's not about the the aliens. If they want to destroy us, they will have destroyed us early, early, early. Like why, why they still keep us alive? And yeah. I think it's... they we, we are being like experimental. Uh, the, we, we are in the laboratory. The Earth is inside the laboratory. We're being watched. If they don't like us, they can destroy us. It's like what the Bible says with the flood, with everything. Can you know everything can rebuild itself? So it's interesting because 
we we talk about synchronicity and coincidences on po- on our podcast and we recorded an episode of the podcast literally half an hour before we started this conversation really? in which in which we talked about this exact thing that if they meant us harm they would have destroyed us by now exactly. so it's, it's it's interesting that your take is that if they wanted to they would just destroy us if they didn't want us around so they can't be that negative towards the human race otherwise they'd already destroyed us so where do you think these entities come from and what do you think the overall mission goal for them is um where they come from they they're fr- from this universe well they, they're from a bit far away but um but what is their overall mission is that they want to elevate our spirituality to elevate to another dimension and unfortunately um, the more advanced our technologies goes the less uh, spiritual we are going to be because everything uh, you see the iPhone everything uh, will like stopping us to pursue something that is our mind us our consciousness you know yeah very true. Yeah, it's very true. And what with like Neuralink and, and Elon Musk with his technologies trying to tap into that consciousness and being able to like communicate without words um, and essentially plugging us into the internet. Do you think this is or that is the next evolution that is wanted for us? Or will they do you think they're gonna go, you can't even handle nuclear weapons, you're not having non-verbal communication you can't plug yourself in because it's you're going to weaponize yourself really and you're just going to destroy yourself through overload very much like the film lucy if you've seen the film lucy where she becomes super aware and super intelligent and essentially she just becomes all-encompassing and destroys herself essentially sorry to anybody that hasn't seen it but um Spoiler alert. <laughs> but I think you're right. If you do you think we were more spiritually aware back when you're talking about those cases from like four thousand years ago, do you think there was more of an influence on us as humanity back then than there would be now? Absolutely absolutely. We we human we were less distracted by a lot of other things and we were focused on really simple things as well and we have been doing lots of um there was uh, christianities there are different religions um what is telling us about there's a god of course there's god and they're focusing our spiritual spirit so it's 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 really something we are getting away far away from consciousness and, and this is really bad for our humanity cool. so one of your other articles which i thought was quite interesting um it's not i mean i guess it's not particularly ufo related and that's the conclusion that you come to in it is the let me get the pronunciation right dropper disc oh yes the the dropper disc yes yes yeah, so found it quite obviously like like, like saying your conclusion say it's it's nothing UFO or alien related, but 
in any case, it is. In, I mean, I read it and it's was, it was pretty interesting. Mm. Give us a bit of an overview on what the Joker disc is and what what you think what what it is. I think I think it's um, it's a hoax or it's the the co- conclusion is that this is a disc that is not um, something. It is a, a communication device you contact God or to see the eclipse, but it's it's nothing that communicates with the aliens beings. And people, I, I think it's really difficult if you want to find something that is um, linked with the, the ETs or something. I, I think they have, but it's extremely difficult to find out. Extremely difficult. These um, discs, they were, they were found in a mountain. Again, that's why I find it interesting because it was, again, that mountain, mountain link. And he claimed, like I say, he claimed it was like a communication device for sort of communicating with ET. Yeah. But yeah, I just found it pretty interesting. Just these, like I say, get a lot of hoaxes and stuff in in this field, or people that so badly want it to be in late that it'd be something normal, but they yeah. want it to be sort of alien related so badly that they will believe that it is it's it is something that it's not. It's exciting. This is why I think it's so important. You 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 need to see everything based on fact and evidence. So wherever I say something. That is things that support it. Um, so I think it's very, people need to be careful what kind of books you're reading. Is there any reference in the book? Uh, who is the, what is the background of the author? You need to be careful. Otherwise you're reading like misinformation, you know, kind of the information that is fake, like like what Donald Trump says is fake news, you know, yeah. <laughs> Never thought we'd talk about Donald Trump on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking to talk about, and um, I would like to talk about there was um, the China government and the Soviet Union. They used to collectively investigate some of the uh, UFO incidents in the during the nineties. Oh wow! Didn't know that. Oh yes, they they did, and and it was because that um, China has a um, enthusiasm about the UFOs, and they have a an independent UFO investigation body uh, that's in nineteen seventy eight. So they they together the this independence group and the Chinese government and the Russian government, these these three bodies, they were have. A, enormous curiosity about the ufo issues and, and one of the um one of the article that i found out is that um one of the russian uh, he found out that the ufos are controlled by aliens minds and after the cultural revolutions the the chinese scientists have got interested in ufologies and some some of it that um, in nineteen ninety seven um, there was a China UFO Society meeting to continue scientific studies um, on the thirteenth of May of nineteen ninety two, and Pion interviewed many Chinese UFO expert expert, and the uh, Wang is the acting president of the China UFO Society, and he suggests that. Um, the research on UFOs does not foster the scientific developments, but it's maintained the social stability 
and it's the social stability is linked with social, economic or political level in China government to attempt to adopt high technology to strengthen their military powers. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. It's a lot of it's it's quite informative tonight. It's, I'm, yeah. Yeah, like I say, it's not a, a sort of we've not really looked at sort of Chinese Russia type of stuff on the podcast before. So that's it's all been new information, which yeah. Is so yeah, yeah, and it's kind of scary to it. Like you say, the technology that China has, like I say when you mentioned then about sort of the social economic side of it and building the military and sort of capabilities. I mean, if China was able to sort of develop sort of next level technology stuff, maybe with the with the space force side of it, that's that's quite a scary thought for. It's a bit scary <laughs> because there was like a nationalism in China, and of course they want to be a superpower, but being a superpower that there's a lot of responsibility as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't. I I won't. I don't want to. You know, dig too deep about this. You know. Yeah, because yeah, China, yeah. They're, they're fragile. I don't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anything else, Greg? No, um, no. It's been a, a fascinating insight into sort of the, the Chinese side um, of UFOs uh, and interesting to like hear the, the governmental aspect of stuff so yes it's been an interesting conversation really and it's something like ash said that we haven't touched on before it's all been us based or european based uh stories so to be able to get something from sort of the orient and and the far east has been definitely been new to i think a lot of our listeners as well so um, so if people did want to reach out to you with any kind of accounts that they may have had from China, because we, we, we get listeners all over, uh, where can people find you if you want to be found? Well, people people can find me on um, the website on Academia. If you can put up the link, that would be yep. great. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. You, can download, you can download your articles on there to to read your work as well, which is what yeah. which we've done ahead of this interview. Yeah. It's fascinating stuff, so I would urge anyone to, like I say, we'll put the link in the show notes on the website. Exactly. Have a look at these articles that King Chum's done, and you will learn. You will learn, definitely. Yeah. I wish I can have more time to share, but it seems like we, we've come at to, like, I've I've spoken a lot, and it's just too much information I've spoken. I wish it's part was, two. It's part two. Yeah. I can disclose more, you know, because it yes. has a lot of things I want to share as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us and thank you for taking the time to, to share this this knowledge that we didn't know about with us. Um, we'll definitely have to get you back on in the new year. And, yeah, and, and discuss some more stuff with you, especially if you've got loads more you want to talk to us about. It's always fascinating to, to have a chat and then there'll always be more. We've got guests where we're like we've we've spoken to guests a few times, and each time we're just learning more and more stuff, and it's it's really good to get sort of information out. So Absolutely. yeah, I learn from lots of others, um, your guests as well, and lots of great investigative journalists, um, Linda Modenhauer, Doctor Stephen Greek, 
Dr. Michael Seller, uh, these big these people, like I, I learned a lot from them yeah. as well. So definitely, definitely. We're like a commu- community, like we shared information and we we kind of like we exchange our information, you know. And, and it's good to hear different, yeah, and people's ideas of what's going on because everybody's got their own opinion and idea of what the big picture is. So we, exactly. we speak to hundreds of people and we speak to people about the same subject, but everybody's got a slightly different take on what what's actually happening. So it, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Good to be, cool. Good to be here. Cool. That's, that's amazing. And you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll Thank speak you soon. Speak to you soon. Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash and Greg.